0: you ready yep how about you yep start it up podcasting from beautiful east tennessee and brought to you by brb studios this is have you heard our show that brings up random news and crazy events and a lot of other topics you've probably never heard of for instance have you heard about the guy whose whole body is tattooed solid black but that's not even the whole story or that you can now just 3d print a gun legally what about the wild story behind mr bobby wilson who is attempting a run at arizona state senate all of this and a whole lot more here is episode 51 from the big red band All right, dude, here we are, episode 51, HYH, 51, with Wade and Hayden. Uh, we're here to bring you some nice new news and uh, new and fresh stories. So uh, last time we talked, uh, first of all, how are you, Hayden? I'm doing great. You good? Yeah. Yeah. Got to go see Modest Mouse this past week. That, That's, was right. that was incredible. Rage. Oh, man. You know, and I didn't realize this, so I think it was like 96 or 98, somewhere in there, Modest Mouse played... In what is now the Pilot Light, the little little tiny venue in downtown Knoxville that okay. only like fifty people fit into. Yeah, I've it. never been there. Um, I've seen a, quite a number of shows there, but small acts. And then eight years later, they played in um, in Knoxville at the uh, International or whatever it was called then, the Valerium. That building's been a right. dozen things, right? Um, I know it is the Valerium, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, they played there, and we went to go see that show. Um, we didn't go see the one in the 90s. I was, I was a small kid at that time. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have been going to their shows. But uh, we went to that one, and it was great. It was awesome. But um, they came back, but they played at the Tennessee Theater, which is, of course, like... Amazing. A gajillion times better place to see them... The acoustics there are insane. ...than that stupid international place. For sure. Um, so we went to go see that show. Uh, and it was great, but then we realized... Like the ne- like the next day we were like my wife's time hop was like, you know, going crazy. They played on the exact same day as they did eight years ago in Knoxville. And you guys saw them? Yeah. Eight years ago It was to the, the same day? day. It was the exact same day when we went and we were like, no way, that's not uh. And it's like, hell yeah, time hop. Yeah. So at exactly eight years. Prior is when the last time they came to Knoxville and we went to that show too. That's pretty neat. Yeah, no, but it was just like, and that's for sure the last time they came here because yeah, oh, you wouldn't yeah. have missed a oh, show. Yeah. Not a chance. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty neat. I wonder if they do that or if it was just a coincidence. It was just on the schedule. Yeah, like we're eventually wrapping back around, guys. It'll be eight years, but um, you know, I'm hoping that they'll come back more often now because uh, a lot of bands when they come play the Tennessee Theater for the first time to a sold out show. They're just, like, in awe. Because, I mean, it's, like, one of the most beautiful venues in the South. The Tennessee Theater is incredible. Like, you know, you go to all these different places across the country, and then you come to the Tennessee Theater, and you're like, damn, this place is incredible, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, incredible doesn't even do it justice, because it's old-timey, but it's also redone and remastered with modern equipment and stuff. It's incredible in there. The 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 lighting setup the lighting the seating there's not a bad seat in that place Mm -hmm. it's it's just incredible the way they have it we've used that word four times to describe it (laughs) that's how good it is but it was a great show man yeah i had a great time they played most of the songs i wanted to hear i think i've heard you say uh to me and other people that modest mouse might be your favorite band it's up there for sure if i had to make a list it would be in the top five for sure so that's cool to get to go see them so close oh yeah yeah that's that's came, awesome came home with a few vinyls i didn't have i'm sure <laughs> you're all about support the band especially when it's your favorite band of course you yeah, know. so that that's rock and roll man love that um i did not go see modest mouse over the last week <laughs> so mine was uh full of a lot of blood sweat and tears as they say you know putting in the work so this is totally off script here but i mean this is the big red van podcast so there's a talking. script. So, I don't have a copy. Tax free weekend. <laughs> How you feel about it? Like, do you do you find it as a necessary thing? I've I've seen the financials of it before in the past and what it does um, for businesses. Obviously, the comp- the state itself is taking a big hit. See, but- yeah, I, I look at it this way: it's the state, like the products that people buy at tax free weekend are technically tax write off items like if you were to do your taxes in a uh, you know a scrutinized itemized way every year you could technically all your receipts for your kids back to school clothes and books and all that stuff you could save those receipts and then you can write those off as tax exemptions if you were to so itemize and had enough things to itemize to get you past above the, sta- the above the standard deduction right which um you know if you're a super Wealthy person that's in that next bracket up, it might help to get yourself down to the one below it by simply itemizing and getting yourself. Pat, you know, if you have enough spending that you can technically write off. So if you're looking at it that way, that people could already write these items off, uh, it's the state's just doing it on the front end. But what I was talking to somebody about the other day is like, it's it's more of a way for uh, the economy to get a free bu- a free bump because it doesn't help taxes. Right, It doesn't give extra revenue for the state because, of course, they're not getting any tax revenue off of it that day. Sure. But it's not it, going to build you any roads. But what it does do is it gets a whole lot of payroll hours for a whole lot of different companies across an entire state that they get to spend. Which on contributes people, to the economy. On people that work in that state. So everybody across the state either gets a bigger paycheck that week or more hours than they would have. And then you get an influx of money back into the community, which then goes to walmart and target and all the other places around that makes their sales tax you know to pay the to pay for the roads sure and i don't know if the the amount of money that's spent on that tax-free weekend on things like car because i mean there are car dealerships that throw cars in there and obviously computers and clothes and all of those things um but you can't buy a car tax-free it would be interesting to see uh, the amount of money that's made, or I guess, lost in tax revenue versus the amount of money that's made up the week after. Well, I guess if we, uh, weeks after. you know, if we look at, um, but I'm sure that the state is coming close to breaking even. You know, it's, it's in the in be. the long term. Of yes. course, I mean, it's surely to God it doesn't hurt the state, or else they'd stop doing it. You know, some states have. There's like the state of Georgia. The state mm-hmm. of Georgia suspended it uh, one or two years ago because it just they weren't seeing any benefit to no. themselves so interesting um, but, but we Georgia also has a much cheaper sales tax than it's Tennessee like six percent yeah we're we're rocking the nine and a half nine point seven five in some places yeah that no income tax is what makes it nice to live here though so yeah. move to tennessee hashtag move to tennessee uh nashville is one of the fastest growing cities in the entire country so those of you listening outside of tennessee move to tennessee come be a guest on the brv <laughs> podcast so all right, so what we normally have been doing is choosing from a list of articles, you know, and then that's what we're going to talk about. But we off script talked about Tax-Free Weekend there, so I'm, I'm ready to get started if you are. We might as well throw all of this in the garbage. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Everybody, have you heard? All right, so this one's about a man named Adam, I'm going to say Curly Kale, but I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it. Curly Kale? Like literally spelled. Curly, like curly fries, like that word. Okay. <laughs> you, like my brain goes straight to curly yeah, fries. Of course. And does, then, it, does your brain go anywhere other than curly fries? Nope, not when I see the word curly. And then... We should throw that up as a poll. When you hear the word curly, is the first thing that comes to your mind hair or fries? Mine's definitely curly fries. Fries. But, um, and then kale, like the vegetable. It's curly kale. There's curly no way... Kale. Okay. Okay. He's 32 years old and he's from Kaliningrad. and Grad. Russia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kaliningrad? Kaliningrad. I'm sure that's how you say it. I don't know. Um, but he fought cancer and, and won. So he, he uh, I think it was skin cancer because he was left with a bunch of scars um, on his skin mm-hmm. from the surgeries. And then also from a, um, a crashed immune system. I guess, I didn't realize this can be a thing, but with a really, really bad immune system in certain people, you can actually develop albinism where you actually start to lose pigment and don't – and, like, are sensitive to light. Not necessarily the pink eyes and all that sort of stuff, but you can, like, have onset albinism, which I thought was crazy. Just from a deficient immune system? Yeah. Okay. Like, prolonged deficient immune system? Yeah, yeah. from, like, example (laughs) being chemotherapy and um, all the the things associated with that. Okay, so anyways, he was super depressed. Even though he got over his cancer and everything, he was super depressed from all his scars – and um, his extremely pale skin.
1: Okay. That's a common
0: thing, yeah. Um, and he was also, like, very sickly and skinny, and he just felt really rough about himself. So he got into uh, tattooing and got a lot of tattoos. Oh, like Okay. Like, got to the point where he was like, you know what, you only live once, and you never know when you're going to go. Of course, he had a cancer scare. So he was just... So I'm going to tattoo my face. He... Tattooed everything. Actually, his wing, wang all of him, balls. Well, we're going to get to the balls, tank, <laughs> everywhere. Wow. Okay, everywhere. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Um, so he, like I said, he wanted a change of his appearance. So he went on a, a tattooing spree. Remember, he had the pale skin. He felt, you know, he just he looked rough after his uh, his, his like, stem right, cancer. Paint it black, yo. That's exactly what he did. Yeah solid black no top to bottom every inch of his skin i was going metallica reference no 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 graphite black or uh, rolling stones reference his whole body inside of his ears his nose tattooed his eyeballs the whole nine yards this man eyeballs this man is solid black Uh, you got a picture for him? Oh, we're gonna share his picture. Don't worry about that. Oh my god. Um, so like he took he 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 wasn't black before, was he? Was he an no no no, no, he's white guy white guy yeah yeah um Russian Russian I guess I well I don't you don't don't see too many black Russians I don't want to assume though (laughs) (laughs) I just read an article the other day where the French president was blasting America because they don't refer to black French citizens as Black French, They just refer to them as French. And they blasted America for uh, dividing our citizens by name, by race. Instead of being Americans, they're African Americans. Uh, and that, like, yeah. because some American made a joke about France winning the World Cup. And the, they had black guys on their team. Yeah. And they were saying something about, about that. Oh so the God. French president or the foreign minister, like, came at us with that. God. He also was on a uh, a TV show uh, in Poland that was called... um, Paint Your Body Black. (laughs) Called Second Face. And it was like a reality TV show where they like... People that have deformities or things that are... Things they want to cover up on their body. Like they can... These tattoo artists like help them and it's like a reality tv show where like you come on and you're you're a guest yeah, and then, i totally get that and, you know what i mean and so he went on there and they like tattooed a bunch of st- cool stuff over his scars but then he kind of like got addicted to tattooing and like i said ultimately ended up tattooing his entire body black and can't that be very very bad for you i'm sure it can be but you know what else is bad for you mm. the next stuff that happens Uh oh He says he's always felt different from everyone else, but just like in a more of like an appearance kind of way, like just like his taste of what looks good is different than what everyone else's is. So he paints himself black. Yeah, Um, one of my favorite details is, like I said, he has uh, albinism, so his hair is all completely bleach bright white. Right? I bet this guy looks amazing. Oh yeah. So he has his head shaved. His he's he's a baldy, but his He has a huge handlebar mustache that is white and on top of all you can see. And on top of his totally black face, with like I said, inside of the rims of his nose, like eyeballs, ears, all of it. Like he is solid black in the face, but (laughs) he has this huge, like sticking out to the sides of his face, like white handlebar mustache that's. Just How is this guy not a movie star? I, the more I hear about him, the more I'm thinking he needs to be famous. Well, you mentioned what about the parts you can't see, like uh, the, the balls, yeah. the taint, all yeah. that sort of stuff. what are we doing down there? So that was the point I brought this story up, actually. Oh, okay. You were you were kind of jumping the gun to my uh, uh, to my climax of the story. I I'm, so was not trying to. Um, it's a crotch party right up oh. in here. Ooh. You... You're gonna want to wish you hadn't pushed that button. Um, he decided that uh, after getting almost all of his entire body tattooed, that uh, his genital parts were kind of an eyesore to the oh look god. to the look that he was trying to achieve. Oh my god! Like, so he went he, like Buffalo Bill from uh, from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, kind of like that. He uh, he wanted that Dude, sleek, sleek, solid black look. Almost like a dude in a bodysuit kind of thing. You know, like a, like that kind of a look is, I think, what he was trying to achieve here. But also with a white handlebar mustache. With, but no um, balls in the way. Yeah. So he got surgery to remove his penis. I know what you're asking yourself. And the answer is yes. I have a nickname for my penis. His testicles and his nipples. So that his chest was smooth, too. So he just wanted to look like an alien. I like, guess well, so. Like what we think an alien body looks like. Um, I guess so. So um, there's not there's no nothing down there. Nope. It's just I think he has a little bit of a nub so that he has something to pee from like to point, oh my God, that's the grossest thing that we maybe have ever said <laughs> on this show. I mean we've said some gross shit. me thinking of, of that is gross yeah but, um he so it's not like a vag. like no, no, he's not like l g b t q or anything like that he's he's a hetero dude with a girlfriend who supported him of course she did dude there's girls the, that write letters to murderers in prison the the plastic surgery was technically not a sex change me personally I'd call it an equipment downgrade <laughs> But uh, it was not Downgrade it was sure. not a sex change as it would be referred to like you know if they were changing it into a vagina but they literally just stubbed down his wiener to where it's not there. Let's just whittle it down a little and bit and removed his testicles and everything else. Take those. But he he's a straight guy with like I said a girlfriend and um, he just didn't like the way his dick looked with the rest of the look he decided to have so he removed it. Man, this story started with a guy with cancer and we're feeling <laughs> bad about him and then it turns into this. Wow. I told you this one was a nuts one. Yeah. But three so, twists. So there are uh, pictures of his time in the hospital before and after, including Is a, all of this like with mustache? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. With a shot of his uh uh downstairs region, what but it's still wrapped in its bandages. Um but you can clearly tell that it's
1: there ain't all gone. There.
0: It's all gone. <laughs> um but he had uh, he had to have the operation done in Guadalajara, Mexico, because of course no surgeon in the states would uh, would pick it up. Nor, oh, sure, nor nor in, nor in uh, Russia either. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with it. It's it's called Alejandro's Garage in <laughs> Guadalajara, Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do those things with a blowtorch and uh, a big giant vice. Oh. I don't even want to know what it looks like underneath those bandages. Unbelievable! Isn't that not crazy, dude? Yeah. You thought I was gonna? How many Instagram followers does he have? Oh, let me look that up. <clears throat> That's what we need. I bet he's got a million Instagram followers. <laughs> and he does create... He's probably a YouTuber. His uh, his girlfriend, not to have an opinion on her, but she uh, she also had her eyeballs um, fully tattooed black, like he was. She didn't have her body all tattooed black, but she had tattoos. But she had like a pink, like a pixie haircut. See, like and uh, and total blacked out tattooed eyes like he like him the only thing he can do is be a circus attraction or in a movie like you're not getting a job so like <laughs> what do you how do you make money you know how do you live how do you survive unless you're just boy on a box that people come pay to see now, and let me be clear he doesn't look like a black guy he looks like he he, literally to me, it looked like a racist portrayal of like blackface in an old timey movie. That's, yes, even cause he even has the big white mustache. It almost reminds me of like the big white lips that they would put a uh, like face paint. Like, yes, like even like Judy Garland. Have you ever seen that clip of Judy Garland, dude? I have. Yeah, Judy of, Garland was a hero to us in Kansas because of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, so but she has that movie that. afterwards where she's literally in blackface with mm-hmm. the big white face paint, like. That's almost what this guy looks like, to be totally honest, just because of the mustache. It just kind of, when you look at him, you're like, that's what it kind of looks like. But he doesn't look like he's black. He looks like he is tattooed graphite gray. This is in Russia. Yeah. Everybody, have you heard? That if you can't buy a gun, you can make one. So, when 3D printers first came out, it seemed like the sky was the limit for things you could make at home instead of buying. And the list is a mile long of items you can get blueprints for and upload to a computer. And boom, you've got a new pair of scissors. Oh, yeah. It's like the, the hot thing of, uh, like, instead of file sharing, they're file sharing 3D printable items. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you got a cool code for a, this, a wrench. Uh, anything. And, you can, and you can like email it to you, and you can print your own copy of it. Absolutely. Well, last week, the Justice Department made it legal to produce guns with a 3D printer. And starting on August 1st, you can download any of the hundreds of models they have to choose from and DIY an arsenal for the local militia. So this has been a fight of a man named Cody Wilson. Have you ever heard of Cody Wilson before? Mm-mm. I hadn't before I started reading about this. He's a founder of a gun access group uh, named Defense Distributed and also named one of the most dangerous people on the internet in 2017. His company, Defense Distributed, has been around since 2012, allowing uh, anyone to download blueprints of either parts, to download blueprints of either parts for firearms or entire guns. Right. Okay. Well, that's kind of the thing. I feel like in the early stages of 3D printing guns, unless you're going to go over this, like you could 3D print legally all of these parts except for correct this part correct like you uh whatever the the lower frame like the trigger assembly or something like that was not legally allowed to be cuz that was something that you had to buy from a store and you had to be 21 and you had to buy it like cuz i know that's a loophole in a lot of ways, but well, his company produced the first functional firearm in 2013, and they called it the Liberator. Did you ever hear about that? It was actually the first 3D printed gun. You said 2013, 2013. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and at the time, the it's justice a big Sp- scare for everybody. <laughs> the Justice Department was able to force the removal of the blueprints of that by invoking what they um, gun export laws. Mm-hmm. So um, oh. I'm pretty sure also those things were like, yes, you. It was a gun. But it was a, also a gun that I am pretty sure, like after one to two shots, like it would wouldn't work anymore, right? Like it was very limited, mm-hmm. you know, in what its use. But I mean, one or two might be all you need, correct? You know, so and it's untraceable, yeah, is the thing about it. <clears throat> oh, let me let me. If yeah, no not, serial numbers on these. Let me not to forget, uh, forget to mention that he also formed uh, a crowdfunded donation platform called Hatreon. You've heard of Patreon before, right? Oh God, so Hatreon Allows racists, extremists, or anyone else banned by Kickstarter or GoFundMe or any of those types of of uh, fundraising sites. And thousands of dollars a month are directed to hate mongers like Andrew Anglin. And he's a creator of the Daily Stormer. Oh. <laughs> that thing that Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the stuff. And then neo-Nazi Richard Spencer. You know who Richard Spencer oh, yeah. is. So th- Sorry, they don't like neo-Nazi. It's alt-right. I don't give a shit what they like. So, I don't you know if that's anyway what they like? it's uh, um, Cody Wilson's buddies with those guys. All right. Okay. So, um, so we get a good picture of his crew. Yeah. So, in 2013, I mentioned the Justice Department was able to invoke those things. They were able to revoke the rights. Well, of course, they appealed, and uh, Defense Distributed won the appeal. Wilson argued that posting digital blueprints of automatic weapons online was an expression of his First Amendment right to free speech. Hmm. And, and when a judge ruled in his favor, well, a judge appointed by Ronald Reagan. You know, as 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 off, I don't think people should just be printing out guns at home. <laughs> I don't think you should be able to do that. But at the same time, you have to think what's different about downloading blueprints for a 3D printed gun and other than the work involved. Before I say this, and like just knowing the blueprints for any gun and making one. Because it's a lot harder to make one. Oh, uh, they're is also to print made of. One. I, you know what? I, I retract that statement. They're also made of plastic, and metal detectors don't detect them. Hang on a second. With the new ruling, Wilson can now release his new machine called the Ghost Gunner, which can make fully functional and untraceable firearms out of different types of metal. And this is a machine, like a computer-like machine, that they are going to sell and mass produce for people. They've been anticipating the ruling in their favor. And they've been, like, manufacturing these things that can actually make them out of metal, not out of plastic, like what oh, you wow. just mentioned. And they can now, they can also put their encyclopedia of gun blueprints um, online, which before they couldn't have. And the encyclopedia ranges from AR-15s to Berettas. Wow. And people can download and print them at home as of August 1st. So any, anyone, extremist or not, that has a desire to print a gun at home that has an internet connection and a 3D printer can now do this. See, like, you talk about trying getting guns off of, uh, like, out of the streets of like with, like, gangs and stuff like that. What if a gang just got a hold of a gun printer? Dude, do you not think that that's going to be one of the things <laughs> that gonna they're going to be going to try to that's, buy? That's going to be one of the things that they want above anything else. <clears throat> think it's about like, warfare these days and how technology is oh, in, it's not in like, warfare. Talk about I and mean, street we'll, warfare we'll, is the same way. We'll never run out of block guns. Block to for, block those boys got iPhones. We we already don't have an issue with not having enough guns for warfare, but I mean but imagine a gun printing machine like I'm that about in the, the hands technology. of someone that, that has a challenge of getting guns. Like like I said, like a a gang affiliation that like they're they get guns by stealing them from people or, you know, whatever, or buying them illegally. The gun guy. But if they could just print as many as they want as long as they had the money to buy the resources to print them like shit <laughs> yeah or just look for houses that they can break into and find a 3D printer and then start doing it themselves you know like that's that's I, with all the shit that happens in this country dude like and all the things that we make a big deal I can't believe that I haven't heard more about this hmm. yeah this type of I mean with all of the stuff and we don't even have to go into all of the things that have happened in our country that involve guns but that said, this type of ruling, I can't believe that this isn't like front page stuff. I can't yeah. believe that this isn't something that people, there's going to be people that listen to this episode that are like, no, no way, no way. And they shouldn't be hearing it from me on the Big Red Van podcast. I would imagine that also this machine you're referring to, if if it's a legal machine, it, it's legal to own one of these things. It's also going to be like ungodly expensive for one of these things. There's no way that it can't be like. Four hundred thousand dollars to buy one, and that's to make the get to get the metal ones. Yeah, you know? but that's what I mean. Get the Yeah, the normal 3D printer. You probably it. you have to have a nice one that can handle certain materials. Um, you can't just have a little basic desktop one. But still, you know. So I'm not trying to have a stance on guns one way or the other. I'm just saying that this is interesting. The thing I found most interesting about it was that not a lot of people have heard about it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think it's time for us to, uh, take, how do you say break in Spanish? Siesta? Yeah. I'd yeah. that that say it? that'd be the right word. Well, that, I'll take one. Siesta means like take a break, rest. Cause we could be back for, we could be gone for two and a half hours and they wouldn't even know. You know, <laughs> they'd still think we were only gone for 55 seconds. Let's go get a Royale with cheese and come back. Let's do it. Hey, how's it going, Big Red Van listeners? Uh, my name is Reese Kits. I'm Garrett Faust. And uh, we're, we're a part of a little podcast called Decent at Best. And what Decent at Best is, is we're a podcast where we ask you guys to send us in questions at our, at our email called uh, decentatbestshow at gmail.com. And whatever question you want to ask, you send it in to us, and we'll answer it live on air. And we will answer them with answers that aren't great. We don't promise they'll be good. They probably won't be bad. They'll probably be around Decent at Best. Decent at Best pretty much sums up our show. We don't Google anything. Everything is all off the top. Off the, off the top of our head. So everything we answer is going to be completely first first impression, word association. So tune in to, the, to our episodes, and we appreciate it. See you guys there. Thank you. Everybody, have you heard? So the uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or we commonly know it as mit mit they released a uh, a research study paper uh so there were some other universities as co-authors on it uh, the university of california santa barbara and the uh, Institut de physique du globe de paris oui. uh, but the research study used sound waves that were penetrating deep in the earth to see if they can figure out like a better understanding of what's inside the earth and what it's made of all right Because, you know, that's kind of still a big mystery. Like, we can generalize based upon physics what we would see down there if we were to have the ability to go in the Earth, but we don't really know for sure. Basically, like, the way this works is, like, the U.S. Geological Survey and other agencies around the world, they've been collecting data for, like, decades, okay? And what they're collecting is, like, you know, when a volcano erupts or an earthquake hits... The sound waves that happen, they can be measured locally. So, like, the place where it happens can measure the sound waves and have a base. Sure. Okay? And then the agency, say, on the other side of the world, can measure when that earthquake makes it all the way to the other side of the earth. Okay? And okay. Then they can measure its vibrations in the ground from the other side. Right. Okay. I get that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so different things allow... Sound waves to pass through them in different ways, right? So, of course, like sound is different through air than water. So, there's a difference between granite and sandstone, as well as other types of rocks and elements, right? Yeah, you could, you could totally you could makes understand. Sense. You could I feel understand, like we talked about sound waves at some point. Yeah, on you this could podcast understand before. that there's a difference of how the sound would be manipulated through different uh mediums and then the reverberation from it, right? So to start their investigation, they went through all the data that would measure the crust and, you know, got a bunch of neat little things and were researching the crust. But then the uh, – and I never have heard this term before, but it's called Cratons, C-R-A-T-O-N-S. All right. Cratons, Cratons, whatever you want to call it. Um, but what they are, they're non-molten chunks of rock that are in the, the mantle, so, you know, the crust – then you get the mantle, or the upper mantle, I guess you could call it, and then there's like the hot magma mantle. Magma. Okay, but in that upper mantle, there is these things called cratons or cratons. Um, I like craton. There you go. Okay, there we go. But you could think of them as literally mountains on the inside of the uh, the crust, but facing inwards. So right? facing down. Yeah, facing back towards the core. Sure. Okay. Um, but they're very big. Okay, they uh, they're all over the Earth, and they you know they vary from like a hundred miles down into the surface of still being solid rock to like two hundred miles down, and like they like I said, it's like a mountain range on the inside of the crust in the upper mantle, pointing down inverted. Yeah. Okay. So the research team noticed that when the sound waves would pass through the Earth. That when they pass through the cratons, that the sound waves would would speed up compared to the rest of the Earth. So, if it was moving through a place that there was not a a craton, it would be normal speed. But when it would get to a part of the Earth where it was passing through a craton, it would speed up really quickly and get through that zone rapidly. Okay. Okay. Meaning it wasn't as dense as the other places. No, meaning it was more dense, actually. So obviously this was astonishing to them, because the only thing that allows sound waves to move faster is moving through a medium that is very, very dense. Like, very dense. Meaning, so, if you hit this molecule on this side, it's going to almost instantaneously affect the molecule on the other end, because there's not space in between the molecules to squish. That's why more dense means faster. Um, but anyways, so you remember what are the most... Totally makes sense. Okay. Think about it. Think about it. Think about this. You're playing music out of the bottom of your iPhone, right? The speaker out of the bottom of your iPhone yeah. and just into air. Yeah. And then you put your hand up next to it. Yeah. And then how much louder it gets. Yeah. The sound wave then it is intensified because it runs into the mass. It's traveling faster because it runs into more mass It being your hand than into the air. Yeah, okay. you could you could look at it that yeah. way, yeah. Hell yeah. So I just you, blew my own <laughs> freaking mind. Do you remember because um, I know me and you have had this conversation before. What are the I most I probably don't. What are the most common elements in the universe? Do you know Okay, hydrogen There you go. That's um, number one. Oxygen. That's number three. Okay, and then carbon. Uh that's number six. Okay, um nitrogen. Nitrogen is number five. Um God, what's one? Um, I, I, I'm missing Number it. two is helium. Uh, helium. Uh, um, okay. And then neon is number four. You'd okay. never guess that one. No. I would have um, gotten helium probably. So, but number six is carbon. Okay. Okay. So, obviously, Earth has a lot of carbon, right? Sure. Carbon's everywhere. It's in the trees. It's in me and you. Carbon in, dioxide. It's yeah. in the air. It's in the ground. Um, It's in other substances. And you know, when carbon... It's in the carbon fiber paint on my wicked ride. <laughs> But carbon, when its atoms get smashed together deep within the earth i e during in a craton, so it happens to crystallize right deep pressure, lots of carbon, it crystallizes and sure. it turns into diamonds, they call it candy paint, yep, so if you don't if you hadn't caught what I'm putting down here that uh they think there are diamonds in the middle of the earth that they are gonna go after and find no, we okay. ain't gonna find them but It basically was pointing out that diamonds are not rare at all. And I mean not even here at home on Earth. Like, you know, we've talked about diamonds and asteroids out there and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But here at home, by their estimates, 1% to 2% of the Earth's cratons are solid deposits of diamonds running through it. Solid. Okay? That's a scale estimated of a quadrillion tons of diamonds that are just about 150 miles down in the Earth's uh, upper so, mantle. So, how sure are they that it's diamonds? Well, it's... I am definitely not a geological and physics no, expert. No, but I didn't know if, like, the but, information you got said that they are very certain that... Basically, based upon the physics of how quickly these sound waves are traveling through different parts of the Earth, where they can measure the density of certain things, the only thing that matches up to the density and the speed equivalent it would be diamond in this po- in these pockets. So okay. that's that's where they assume. So they found it by process right. of elimination, basically. Right, like if it were more like, I guess you could say, if it was slightly less dense, they might think it's granite. If it was slightly less dense than that, they might think it's. Oh, I'm you know, sure that they had diamonds that they'd run. Yeah, yeah. They, they have radium control, control tests on all sure. these substances and know how quickly sound waves should be able to travel through them, um, and that's we're able incredible. to infer that there is quadrillions of tons of diamonds just a little bit further down than where we can reach. Man. Um, and I thought that was just kind of a good point to point out that, like, diamonds aren't really rare. Like, I, I think it's such a crazy thing that we've actually, you know, as a as a world, we've discovered that diamonds aren't really that rare, even the ones we can get to. They're not as rare as, we, as they really are. A hundred years ago, De Beers' corporate company and all that sort of stuff, they're the ones that made you think they were rare. And they because they owned all of them. They owned all the mines, yeah, um, and actually, uh, like Sierra, like for example, most of those diamonds came out of Africa, right? Sierra Leone's civil war from 1991 to 2002, uh, which was predominantly fought over the control of diamond mines for profit. Blood diamonds. Uh, yeah, blood diamonds killed nearly two million of its civilians and fifty thousand of its soldiers in just that country in that part of Africa alone all thought over diamonds that they would sell to europeans for fancy jewelry yep and all in the name of profit and money and i know i took a big hard turn there at the end but uh yeah we're just not not a fan of diamonds no i mean it's just it's one of the earth's minerals that people have monetized yeah yeah but we might have more than we've ever thought possible just down low that's crazy yeah I wonder if uh see something like that and MIT is very uh, uh reputable you know people are gonna believe what they have to say when they publish something like this it goes into mm-hmm. a journal usually yes but um how can th- something like that affect the global um price of diamonds uh well could it, pro- it? it probably couldn't be, simply because they're because is, I, is I that think, always going to be driven on? I think more demand? it sheds light that there are just our diamonds everywhere. Because the De Beers Corporation has recently said that they are going to start producing diamonds in a laboratory. That they have come out and said it. That we are going to start producing these lower level diamonds that yeah. are not as expensive. You can buy this one that looks like a carrot, that is a carrot that's the same as, you know, looks the same as another carrot, but it's a fourth the price. Interesting. And it's not cubic zirconia. Like, it's a diamond. It's made of carbon. It's a laboratory diamond. It's made of the cheapest substance on Earth. Yeah. Just pressed down real hard. Yeah. Together. (laughs) That's that's what they say that, you know, his... That's what's also crazy. His butt was so tight that, you know, he could have put a piece of coal up his butt and he'll give you a diamond. Exactly. Yeah. I just think that's so crazy. It's the sixth most abundant element in the universe. And... It's the most expensive thing if it's only in that form to us. Like we have like this thing about diamonds. Like it's clear rocks, man. It's clear yeah. rocks. Yeah. Everybody, have you heard? So, did you know? And you probably have, probably do. That ninety. This because this. So this question, I'll I'll just restate this. This question is not directed at you, okay? Because I know how smart you are. Uh, did you know? That 97% of all intercontinental data travels through underwater cables. You said I'm not allowed to answer that question. Now you can. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So give the audience a second. The, yeah, there's to like, there's totally like a bundle of cables the size of a Volkswagen Beetle running from like us to England. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the 1850s, actually, the world was expanding so fast. And the advancements in technology were being tested by people in so many different ways. Uh, Some very dangerous. Think about flying airplanes, um, the beginning of railroads and boats. You know how we were trying to get into high-speed boats and those with motors versus those with wind or uh, paddle, that type of thing. Um, Have you ever heard of the practice of oceaning? No. I think oceaning is basically what you just described. Putting the... Cabling from coast to coast. Okay, so I just don't know the word. Right. In 1858, the Atlantic Telegraph Company successfully laid the first underwater transatlantic communication cable. So, from uh, transatlantic meaning under the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, yeah. Right? Which ran from Nova Scotia to Britain, essentially allowing the first ever text message to be sent. Uh, It went from President James Buchanan. To, Queen, to then Queen Victoria. Old Buchanan? Yeah. Old Jimmy B. <laughs> it read, quote, Glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. And it took almost 18 hours to go that distance. Man. Back in 1858. Why did it take so long? Because That's it was weird. made of copper. That's weird. So the conductivity of copper and the distance that it traveled, it took that long for it to go through. Okay? So well, they also, it was also probably in, uh, like... Ones and zeros, or you know, Morse codey, you know. So it was probably like beep, and then you got to wait the like five minutes for it to get there, and then, beep, and get another beep, you know. And then they're sitting there just like compiling ones and zeros to make letters and to make a message. <clears throat> That's probably a good a good thought as to how it went through. To be honest, in that time, because it was eighteen fifty eight, so fast forward to today, and Google has plans to lay their thirteenth. Set of underwater transatlantic cables connecting Virginia to France. It's a project they are calling Dunant. I don't know what that is. I'm sure it's. Dunant? Dunant. Dunant? Dunant. It's D-U-N-A-N-T. Your guess is as good as mine. Dunant. Uh, but like, he done it. <clears throat> but this one, like three more of their 13 total, will be what's called a private cable, meaning no other companies will be able to run data across it. Um. Oh, and that message from Buchanan to the Queen I mentioned earlier, today's fiber optic cables can send the equivalent of that message 1.25 trillion times per second. Oh, that same message 1.2 trillion times every second? They could send that Just message <laughs> With, because you said the cables are like the size <laughs> oh, of a yeah. Volkswagen, yeah, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's probably bigger than that. But or it's a bundle of cables, I should say. But. So comparison: Facebook and Microsoft together they announced a 4,100 mile cable running from Virginia to Spain. And Amazon, SoftBank, and Facebook are in this trio deal, and they're teaming together on an 8,700 mile cable system to be trans-Pacific to run from California That's over to Japan, right? So there are currently 428 underwater cable systems of this type in the world, and most of them run on very tight partnerships between data giants like Amazon, Google, Facebook, and these big giant mm-hmm. um, countries. I bet there's some serious ones from, like, India to Australia. And, of course. And, like... Uh, south america to africa but there's a lot through there because that's so, the shortest distance from eastern or what east hemisphere to west hemisphere is most people i would say probably think that that or used to think that that uh type of information traveled in the sky through satellites through the cloud or through the satellites absolutely and not that the data is being driven through a cable because cable's so much faster Mm -hmm. like i said 97 percent of the intercontinental data that's shared is through cables it's not through satellites it's pretty awesome um but with this google however is looking to connect their growing uh, network of global data centers like they've got these big giant just server centers yeah. all over the country. Amazon has the same thing, mm-hmm. right? But they're trying to connect these from country to country uh, with their own wires <clears throat> that they're not sharing bandwidth with other companies. And with this, starting in 2020, they will have unchallenged bandwidth for a uh, contract length of 15 to 25 years. That sounds a lot like uh, net neutrality, but instead of it being the net, it's like we're just going to build our own net. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what it, I mean, it'll like, be whatever. That's what it sounds like. If Amazon's going to run its own lines to places and stuff like that, like that just sounds more like we're just going to build our own internet, and you can only Amazon on it. Yeah, man. I you wonder know? what kind of effect that has on the on the ocean. Uh, I have like how far down a... do they go? Like, I'm pretty are they sure just... they lay across the bottom. I, I'm on um, the I, bottom of the ocean floor. I want to say that. Like, do they just lay them and they sink? The, they're not on the surface. I know that. Oh, I know that they're not on the surface, but are they, would they be like 500 feet down, 1,000 feet down, and it, then just running across the middle of the water where I think like that aquatic be, life could. I think it's that's going to have to deal with it? It's either that or across the bottom. I don't know for sure. But they're f- fairly inert, I would say. I mean, it's not like they're running oil or anything like that through them. So, I mean, like, it's probably coated in steel, and it's just a big, long pipe that's just running. hmm it's probably like got clams all over it, and oysters and mollusks of all kinds, and who knows? They may go and clean it. You know, they may run like a machine down it. I'm gonna say I was one of the people that didn't realize that these things were around. Yeah, I, I just can't remember if it runs across the bottom or if it does. I know it doesn't float. It's that's on purpose, so nothing can ever accidentally hit it. But uh, but it's definitely out of reach. It's crazy. Like it makes me think about the subway. And it makes me think about, like, the underground mail system in New York City. Like, have you ever seen old videos or any movies that had uh, – that showed, like, that suction cup um, method where they would shoot mail? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. throughout New York City? Like, like an elf. Yeah. The mail room. Just like that. Yeah. And that they got that for an elf from the actual thing that's in New York City that was built in like the 1800s. Oh, yeah. yeah like the underground of New York City is blows my freaking mind when I <laughs> see stuff about that. And then to hear something about this, how much do we not know that's going on above ground <laughs> to find... It's so much stuff going on below in the ocean that it's a whole other world down there. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. And now I find out that that's how amazon gets its shit back and forth that's how you get to watch netflix is because there's an underwater cable it's under the sea that is bringing you the netflix show it's not a satellite yeah it's true net 100 of netflix shows stream through underwater cable it's the way we uh we do it it's pretty cool so uh time break number two psb c PSB. psb hey big red van listeners i'm levi johnson brother of hayden johnson who i believe you're listening to right this very second and i have a podcast about sandwiches with my good friend walt braley and i will be filling in as interim host while joe blackstock is off traveling through time yeah joe has gone back in time to find the first sandwich so you can hear about those escapades in the upcoming episodes of sandwich cast so listen to us you can find us on itunes and you can follow us on instagram at, at sandwich pod sandwich cast sandwich cast it's in your mouth everybody have you heard so um whether you're a pro-gun or not we should all know when it's just time to sit down and shut how up how is it that you and i do this like we don't talk about our articles pre pre-sitting down we already talked about guns oh this is this uh this is uh this is a tale of irony this we is always not a- we always do this we're podcast connected hayden well, I, not to give too much away, but this is a tale of irony. Go. But, so, an Arizona State Senate candidate named Bobby Wilson. He's a uh, very pro-gun. Okay. Another Wilson pro-gun. So the the local moms. Mere coincidence. I'm are sure. you? There's there's a nationwide movement, like a hashtag of. Uh, moms demand action i don't know if you've seen this floating around but this is a, a nationwide movement that's going I have around not for for our viewers um, at home i was shaking it, my head it's a group against gun violence if you couldn't pick up on that but uh they put a town hall meeting together at their local tucson church to hear what uh the local like candidates that are running for their state senate have to say sure. about what they're going to do about guns okay in arizona So all the candidates laid out their plans for gun control for Arizona and all the things that you would expect to hear they talked about. Blah, blah, blah. It's a regular thing. But it was all going as you would expect until Mr. Bobby Wilson, it's his turn to speak. Yeah, it's my turn. He took the mic to tell a story of a time when he was a teenager, and he was able to save his family from a home invasion where he took his gun and shot and killed an intruder that was breaking into their home. He claims his life story illustrates the importance of having a good guy with a gun to save yourself or the vulnerable. And he goes on to say that you can, you can pass all the laws in the world, but if you have someone out there that wants to harm somebody, they're going to do it and nobody's going to stop them. You know? And he, this is 16-year-old Bobby just being a hero. Right. Or 18-year-old. Oh, I'm sorry. 18-year-old Bobby. So, um, Damn it, Bobby. So, of course, the audience, they were expecting to hear his plan for gun control, and they were super shocked. Um, and, of course, he was accompanied with booze and heckling, because they're like, what the hell is this guy's deal? Like, this is not what we came here to talk about. Of course not. And, um, but there's more to the story than that. Um, it's just his grandiose moment to stand up and say, this is what I did. Yeah, he's all about that good guy with a gun mantra. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, and he knew that his speech was not going to be well-received. But the real story of today goes back to Hugo, Oklahoma in 1963. We like going back in time. When Mr. Bobby was 18 years old. Okay. So the home intruder was no intruder. He tells the story as it was a stranger breaking into the family home, but it was actually his mother who he claims brought a gun into his room to kill him. And he jumped around the room, dodging her, um, you know, as the bullets as uh, dodging bullets as she shot at him. I'm sure they whizzed right by his face. Yep. And Wilson said his mother, Miss Levon Wilson, entered his room and repeatedly shot at him but missed. So while aiming for Mister Wilson, he said his mother must have seen like a shadow move or something because she swung the gun, the rifle butt hit his younger sister Judy Wilson. Of course, this is still to his. Uh, his story sure hit his younger sister Judy Wilson in the back of the head and caved it in knocking her out probably killing her he said uh, that Judy had entered his room because he, he uh, she heard the commotion okay so upon an autopsy it found that she was killed from the impact of the head uh, but mr. Wilson's uh, mother continued to shoot at him, Wilson said, and a few bullets ricocheted off of two gallon-sized containers of gasoline in the room and smashed them open. He has two gallon-sized ga- containers of gasoline in his bedroom. Yeah, you're following. I'm, you're following. I'm, I'm trying. Um, okay, so she comes in there, uh, shooting like crazy. Yep. Let's recap. Right. Um, let me get him. She's shooting. He was in sleep. He was in bed. Like. Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of. God and she just comes in there guns blazing exactly and then daughter sister comes running because she hears a commotion mom just like karate swings the rifle just gun butts the sister and she's dead now mhm and then continues shooting Yep. now hitting gasoline cans still not hitting him gas cans um and it's a rifle yes how many does it have, like, it's, a clip it, it to is the bottom a, it of it? Is a, it is referred in the article as a semi-automatic rifle. So, Mom comes in toting a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how many it'll hold? It's most likely, like, a hunting rifle, which might hold, like, seven or eight bullets or something like that. If, okay. But we're also—this is the first part of the story. This is his recant okay. I, of the I, story. I feel like i followed good. Go. Um He said that they stored gas in glass jars in the bedroom because it was the coolest area of the house, which keeps it from uh, evaporating and losing as much as quickly. Sure. That's being super conservative with your gas, so you (laughs) want to keep it inside. You're going to sleep with it. You're going to sleep with it to keep it from evaporating. But, of course, when those... We ain't going to waste it. We're going to breathe it in. When the bullets hit it, it busted all over the floor. Wilson said that he grabbed his single-shot rifle from under his bed and fired it at his mother. Probably hit her the first shot, right? Yes, he said that an autopsy later concluded the shot hit her point blank in the eye and Wilson then ran to the living room to call for help. Damn right, boy. I don't, I don't miss. As he turned on the light switch to reach for the phone, a spark came out of the light switch, ignited the gas fumes that were in the room, and then the house exploded. He, according to Mr. Wilson, he was blasted through the living room window and into a barbed wire fence He received a concussion upon impact and was found unconscious, and uh, then he was taken to the hospital. This needs to be a scene from a movie. Oh, I know, right? Wilson said that his mother and sister were found dead inside the house's rubble, of course, that had burned down. A medical examiner declared his mother dead from a combination of the bullet wound and burns. Wilson said he was arrested by the county sheriff while in the hospital and was thrown in jail with his two family members dead and he was the sole survivor the sheriff of course blamed him for everything and imprisoned him right away of course right makes sense yes he said he spent about seven or eight months in jail until his employer bailed him out i guess loaned him the money on bail and got him out of jail wilson said he faced two trials didn't uh, i guess were mistrials and he said that on the third trial, all his charges ended up being dropped. And this, this was in 1973, so this was uh, 10 years later. Um, all charges against him were dropped. And he said that the district attorney announced to the state that uh, they just did not have a solid case against him, and they didn't have enough to prosecute. Um, so according to Wilson, because um, all of this was from an interview of his um, from this year— um, but the district attorney and the sheriff apologized for Wilson's ordeals, and the judge dismissed all charges against him. No yeah. way. Yes. You know that his sister came in there, and he got in an argument with his sister. He gun-butted his sister, mom came to see what was going on, he shot his mom, and then he tried to cover it up. You know that's what happened. No, that's exactly what happened. So <laughs> um, the newspaper and the uh, the court accounts of the killings are much different. So details reported at the time uh, in a local newspaper, in addition to the court records from Wilson's case, both differ significantly um, from Wilson, Mr. Wilson's account. Of all this, what I've just spoke about was from an interview of him that was, I'm pretty sure it was this year. Where he then, sat down and recanted an episode from 50 years ago. Exactly. And this is how he described frame it by Frame by um, frame. The Choctaw... Choctaw County Weekly, a publication that uh, puts together articles from um, uh, papers from all across the area, they published several stories about the events uh, following the deaths in the fire. So in one of theirs, uh, on June 20th, 1963, the Choctaw County Weekly, after the count- after the fire was extinguished, uh, a water truck sprayed the site to allow the funeral workers to get to the remains. And according to the newspaper, the charred bodies of Levon and Judy Wilson were found lying together in bed in a perfectly relaxed position, indicating they died in their sleep from suffocation. So the paper then reported that neighbors heard the explosion and rushed to the house to find uh, Mr. Wilson lying in the grass, gasping for breath. So that part was, I guess, technically true. He probably I did. about blew my ass off. He probably did blow his ass up trying to light the house on fire with gasoline. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. Of course. Um, but the—but he was suffering from smoke inhalation and had a bunch of minor cuts and burns on him. Um, initially, of course, authorities anticipated that it was just uh, an accident, uh, but they still proceeded with an investigation. A week later, the paper reported that Wilson had actually went to the police and confessed to murdering his mother and sister said he did it he even led officers to where he buried the rifle that he used to kill them Or right, he admitted to shooting his mother um, then his sister ran in and he's the one that crushed her skull with the rifle butt and he placed the bodies on the bed poured gas around the house and lit a match is what they ultimately uh proved that is actually what happened but it was Sheriff Thornton's tenacious insistence. The reason that they were able to conclude all this was that it was his tenacious insistence that the bodies be sent to the State Crime Bureau for examination that would have spoiled otherwise would have been a perfect crime because you would have never known that they were suffocated and all that other stuff before they died. They would have just been like, oh, they were asleep, house burned down, you know, poor tragedy. That's when, of course, like a week later he confessed to his crime. But here's where it gets crazy. So in that final trial that I was talking about where he said that they just had a mistrial and they just had to let him go and they apologize and all this is after a confession that he just didn't sign, I guess. No, he signed it, but here's, here's so in the, in the court proceedings, Wilson filed with the court for mental incapacity to make a rational defense. This is what he uses his defense. He claimed he suffered from amnesia, during the time of the allegations and with no clear memory of the night's events was unable to plan his defense with attorneys or to be able to tell his side of the story. So therefore he would not be able to defend himself because he had quote unquote amnesia of that night. The court ordered a jury to decide whether the evidence supported Wilson's claims of memory loss, Four days later, the jury returned with its verdict that Wilson did indeed suffer amnesia, they said, and the judge ruled Wilson was thus not capable of proceeding to trial and making a rational defense. So the case was suspended until Wilson could regain enough memory to defend himself, is what the judge said. Seven years later, like I said, in 1973, Wilson moved to dismiss the entirety or Wilson moved to dismiss entirely the charges against him, and according to court filings, his attorney argued that because the district attorney, state, and district court had taken no action in seven years, he had been deprived of his right to quote a right to speedy trial, as it says in the constitution, and he added that his witnesses were no longer available because they had died, and the other witnesses involved in the case had died. He motioned for all charges to be dismissed. The court dismissed the case. Be- for lack of evidence. For lack of evidence and because his constitutional right of a quick and speedy trial was not met, so they dismissed. So there he stands in front of that group at a in- town hall meeting, having murdered his entire family, talking to that group of mothers that want action. Mothers Defend Action is the name of the yeah. thing? Oh my God! Is that not the most unbelievable story you've ever heard about somebody publicly speaking somewhere, standing up in front of those people, saying a good guy with a gun will solve all the problems when he is a good, a bad guy with a gun that murdered his wife, uh, murdered his mother and little sister, and dad too, right? Wasn't no, no, dad, no, dad wasn't dad was home. Oh, I think okay. dad don't even know if it was around. Oh, I didn't I mention dad in, in any bit of the okay. story, but. But is that not mind blowing that i I don't remember the last time I heard something as crazy as far as someone being let off for murder on a technicality is basically what that is, yeah, and so the um they know that he murdered them, yeah, yeah, he admitted to it, but the fact that he admitted to it but he didn't because basically they had laid it all out and basically got him to sign a confession. Right, but he's saying that he wasn't right. When wasn't he, mentally capable because he had amnesia of the situation, so that got so thrown out. So all he needed was a court to rule in his favor on the amnesia, yes, and then his confession was thrown out. Yep, and then also postponed. But because they postponed, and then he was able because it took so long uh, for him to come back with right to speedy trial, and you guys don't really have any evidence against me, so bye. <laughs> see that right to a speedy trial is that's a relative thing i mean seven years is a long but time all it for takes anybody, is a judge but, to rule on it but it does take time for people to build a case so that is uh and all it takes is for a judge to rule on it that's right um so Wilson then moved to Texas for college and law school. He graduated, practiced law in Texas for 20 years after this as well. That is so scary. Yeah. Last year, Mr. Wilson told the uh, the Green Valley News, uh, which is a uh, Southern Arizona uh, publication, he ultimately did regain all of his memory of the events in a uh, momentous day, he remembers, because he was investigating the case of one of his first clients, who had been falsely accused of murder. He said that he was looking for clues in the woman's vehicle where the combination of gasoline and blood ignited memories in his brain of when that horrible night, um, of when he was younger. And all the memories flooded back in on that day. And so what he decided to do, since he's not going to go to jail for it, is he's just making up his own account of it. And uh, he, uh, he wrote a book. Telling his version of the story and how it how it uh, how it happened, and then he moved in 1995 is when he moved to uh, Arizona and he taught law as a college professor. He also, where in Arizona? The- oh, I didn't say which college, uh, but it was in Maricopa County. I can tell you that. Maricopa. We talked about that uh, with Alex, but it was Maricopa County Community College District. Oh, that's where it was. Sorry, I did write it down. The Maricopa County Community College is where he worked. He also owned his own private investigation agency for 10 years. That was kind of a weird little one-off about him. He currently teaches uh, paralegals at Rio Salado College and he's a three-time recipient of teaching award for adjunct uh fam faculty at the college but uh, he still stands by his beliefs on uh his gun control even though all that stuff from his past like literally this article laid out every single like news article and like like uh like what's the word um micro reel yeah of of like the old article microfilm microfilm of of all the old articles you could sit there and read all the headlines talking about this guy and all the stuff he did and it's just like, over time, nobody really remembered it, and it got dismissed so long ago, and he's just doing his thing. Wow. Teaching people things. Teaching people law, because so he's good at think? it, I guess. So what do you think? You think he murdered his family? Oh, well, yeah, well, he did. He absolutely did. The point is, is he got off on the technicality and is preaching to people about guns being safe when he used them to murder people with them not i mean like i said regardless of your opinion on the fact it's just the ir- irony of this guy did this horrible act and then decided to go preach to people that wanted to do something about it about how guns are better but he murdered two people with his in cold blood that's good whether his mom really was crazy and was trying to kill him or not the evidence is still there that they were laying in bed together and had been smother- like she had been shot, and the other one had been smothered in bed. And then he just decided to burn the house down to try and cover up the evidence. But they still found them in that position, which gave him away. Sick bastard. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. Everybody, have you heard? So much like a recent get-together that was held in Helsinki, two high-ranking gang members in Chattanooga came together to talk about things at City Hall... With a mayor as a local moderator, okay. Did you catch what I did there? That's the Helsinki thing. (laughs) Gang (laughs) members. (laughs) Uh, Chattanooga has been trying to address the issue of rising gang violence, and these meetings are held with the intention of these guys simply hashing it out, like their differences. You know, like civilized people. You know, like like you and I. Man, for real. What's the problem? You got a problem. I got a problem. What's the problem? problem let's figure it out what's the problem right but again it's no problem much like helsinki it takes civilized people to get to civilized solutions yeah we're talking gang members here right (laughs) so these two guys kevin Dwayne bush and Keyshawn kidd both known gang members to local police with both both very volatile personalities they attended this mayor's meeting this was a couple weeks ago um, because of his past offenses, Mr. Bush was on probation and wearing a GPS ankle bracelet. So it allowed police to track his movements the day of the meeting, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as the meeting ended, the GPS shows Bush leave the mayor's office and head directly over to the home of Mr. Kidd, a gentleman who was also at this meeting.
1: On the uh, other side. On
0: the other side, and they're talking, right? Trying to hash things out. So Bush goes to kid's house, and uh, ballistics tests uh, matched to the bullet casings found in the doors of kid's car and in his arm <laughs> came to the, uh, from the gun that was belonging to Mr. Bush's brother. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bush's brother said, "Yeah, old uh, he borrowed it. Old Kevin Dwayne had <laughs> access to my gun. He allowed police to charge Mr. Bush with attempted first degree murder." Wow. Reckless endangerment and unlawful possession of a firearm. But what in the hell did the mayor think was gonna happen when he brings these gang members together of opposite both like this is local stuff. That's this is crazy. This is where you and I work. So he didn't die though, right? You said he no, just, got, he's he just fine. got shot and he's in fine. The arm and he's yeah. he's okay. Yeah. Wow. But okay, but also the meeting was to talk about things like gun violence and all of that, and they end up shooting each other <laughs> afterwards. I mean, uh, I, I my brain went straight to how dumb do you have to be to go do a drive-by with a GPS anklet on? <laughs> that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's, that's what I want to know. Like. You think you? He was it, like, "No, man, I didn't do it." And they were like, just like uh, "Yeah, you did. You you were right there. <laughs> yeah, did you see you did yeah. it? <laughs> you were there. <laughs> Where were you? Oh, I was a uh, No, you weren't. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like that's just dumb. Like I guess you had. to... He had to have really needed to go shoot him. Like he must have really said something. He probably like put him on blast in front of the mayor because it's like a guarantee you're going to go to to prison. By if you go do this, oh one hundred percent to guarantee you're going yes, to prison. Murder charge, and you were already clearly on probation because you have a GPS bracelet on your ankle. Gun charge. So I mean, you're going to prison. Like they're gonna catch you doing this. Like it's like, is it that worth it? Like, I know, uh, like he really <clears throat> needed to get shot. Like dude, there's different mentality. He didn't even succeed. He didn't kill the guy. Now he's going to prison forever. I'll never know the mentality of a gang member. Or the mentality of you know, there's certain walks of life that uh, I just couldn't fathom. I can't, I can't fathom that mentality. Yeah, like, like you just said, I've got to shoot him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you really got to shoot this guy. Cause, I've never felt that way in my life ever. But, but, but to such a degree, like I, I, you know, I almost could understand a crime of passion where like something happens and it's just like all it is. That you you got to get this person, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, but in his situation, like he he has to know that he's going to go to prison. Period. Has to. If not, die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so because of course, if you're thinking about going and shooting up another gang member's house, there's probably the chance they're going to shoot back at you. Yeah. You know. That, yeah. That's that's a pretty. Unless life. you saw at the meeting that he ain't strapped. Unless you're driving a Tesla and you're super quiet coming up. True. You know but uh you know what i mean like uh, he had to know he was going to go to prison so it's like what his reason for shooting him had to be a really good reason i'm gonna be on record as saying i don't think he was thinking about going to prison i don't think that was on his mind maybe yeah Uh, i'm I'm gonna say that i don't think he was thinking i'm going to were these guys the leaders or were these guys like just like kind of high ups that were sent by the leaders. They were sent. you kidding me? They don't bring... The Dons don't come together in front of the mayor's office. The mayor goes to the Don's office (laughs) to pick up up his paycheck. These guys weren't, like, heads. These were... No, 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 no. These were, like, lieutenants. Yeah. Yeah, lieutenants is a good one. They're definitely not colonels. (laughs) He's going around with... I mean, think about it. But seriously, they were members of... Legitimate something disciples gang in Chattanooga, and I'm just hoping that they don't listen to the big red van podcast. And I would come be after me. surprised if they do, but if they do, then maybe they can share it with a friend and then we can get some more followers. We have one as a guest, and yeah, just man. ask him all these questions that we're curious about. Like, why are y'all so fucking crazy? Yeah, man, why, uh, why you gotta be shooting uh, Keyshawn? What Keyshawn do, I know, right? Yeah, I mean, Dwayne, <laughs> I don't know. Dwayne, he might just be volatile. Yeah, we don't really know who's, in, in the hood, who's they, right in this. In the hood, they say volatile. They do? It's not volatile. He's volatile. He's, he's volatile. I'm going to have to take your word on that. Okay. <laughs> I think it sounds just like that. Like, no different. Volatile. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's that's it, man. We're an hour in. We had some fun tonight that's an hour 15 yeah uh that's an hour (laughs) so uh thanks i appreciate that story about that dude was murdering his family and then getting off with it that's good yeah and then preaching to people and the people that probably were eating up what he was saying too there was got to be at least one in the room that's like yeah tell him bobby tell him bobby (laughs) bobby damn it bobby all right dude um Yeah, thank you, everybody, for joining us for episode 51, and we are going to catch you on the next one.